We are working through the fruits of the Spirit. We're actually wrapping that up uh, this morning. And if you've been with us, you've hopefully caught a couple of those things. If you, if you haven't, uh, that's, that's great too. But the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is this kind of an answer to this question or this problem in this book, this letter to this, these churches in Galatia, where the writer Paul is, is saying, listen, it's not about traditions and religions and you know, what you eat and, and how you cut your hair and what, you, you know, what kind of clothes you wear. It's not about that. It's, it's freedom in Christ. It's grace, which is, which is tremendous. Right? This is the gospel. But then he also says, but he says, yeah, that, that's true, right? It's, it's freedom in Christ. However, with that freedom in, your, in Christ, your life should look a certain way. And that's what this fruit of the Spirit is. It's you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And we're going to look at self-control this morning. And self-control is this Greek word, uh, akratia. And it's a virtue of one who masters uh, their desires, one who masters their own desires or passions. It's power, in Greek philosophy, we talk about this a lot, it's power over oneself. Right? So this was a sort of common idea, and one of the fruits of the Spirit wasn't, uh, in, you know, was going around as well. So this idea of self-control, connected with people, they understood that, mastery over oneself, power over oneself. This is popular today in self-help, right? It's power over oneself, getting control over your desires and your passions. And the fruit, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, this being an important one, fruit isn't really achieved, if we think about it in terms of our fruit trees. It's not the fruit doesn't work for itself. It's birthed by abiding and connecting uh, to the tree, right? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So this fruit, this fruit of the Spirit, means we have to be connected to the Spirit. It's connection to God. It's, sometimes we find that through community. It's through prayer. It's through the Word. And that comes out as this fruit. And fruit, when it's doing well, it's, it's attractive, right? Fruit's attractive. I love looking at my little baby citrus trees and seeing some fruit on there. It's, it's attractive. Fruit nourishes. Fruit also reproduces itself, right? Healthy, organic fruit will reproduce itself. Some of the fruit that we make these days doesn't have seeds. It doesn't reproduce, reproduce itself, right? But natural fruit, organic fruit reproduces. And this fruit of the Spirit, just by way of review, it's a cluster. It comes together. It's not like we just pick one. and like, It's not like a spiritual gift where we say, oh, well, one is prophecy, one is teaching. And, and so like the fruit, well, one's love, one's kindness. One's, no, the fruit of the Spirit is a cluster fruit. It all comes together. And the fruit of Spirit is, is sort of like our collective operating system. When we're dialed into God, this, this is how we run all our decisions and actions in, and interactions with one another. And so self-control, self-control as we wrap up, we'll find is a very important it's extremely key even to, even to living into the rest of, uh, rest of the fruit. Some of you know we've been playing uh, basketball in a men's league. So someone had the bright idea to sign up a bunch of old guys to the men's basketball league here in Ventura, which we thought would be playing other old guys, but we're not. It's high school and college students. Uh, it's difficult. It's hard. I talked about it last week. We got, uh, got kind of pummeled. Here's our, here's our score from two weeks ago. Uh, the Montavo Bills is not us. We're Tenacious D. Uh, we got hammered by the Montavo, <laughs> Montavo Bills. And so I was like, okay, this is a little bit of a, let's check ourselves here. This maybe is a little more work than we thought. And so we decided to get into practice. I think Coach Brett called a practice. We're going to have practice. I got a gym. We're going to go have a practice. And not just play. Because when we get together on Sunday afternoons, we love to just play, pick up, and play. But this time, we were going to run through some, some offensive and defensive packages, some schemes that you had drawn up. And, and that may be a little bit generous, but we were going to work on some things. So it's like, hey, when there's five of us out on the court, we should spread out, maybe two at the top and three at the bottom. Let's try that. So some real basic stuff we're working through. We spent some time doing some run-throughs in the gym, like a practice. And we get to the game. We're excited to sort of implement what we did. And, and here was the outcome of our game. We actually did worse. We scored less points and got beaten by more points. 
And it was kind of funny because my wife's like, oh, you know, you guys actually looked better out there. I'm like, I look better? She's like, well, not you so much, but like the team looked better. <laughs> like overall, but like the metric disagrees. Like it disagrees we didn't do better. You are what your record says you are. And it could be, oh, this could be a lesson for couples group, which is Friday night, couples night. We have a ton of fun. Many of you are coming. You're all welcome. Uh, if couples prefer, couples welcome to it. But couples night, when we talk about this idea of the metrics of your relationship, you can say, oh, it's fine, it's fine. But when you look at it, like, nah, it's actually not fine. We didn't do very well. And when you're getting beat down like this kind of thing, we're there for fun, but it's also hard to, to not like take it a little personally. Like we're all a little bit competitive. And so I'm like, you get a little bit, of, a little bit angry about it. Right? You think, oh man, I'm gonna take this basketball outside and kick it into the blanket so no one can play anymore. Like, you feel like a, I feel like a little kid sometimes like when we're just not doing well. And this self-control when you're doing poorly can be hard. It's, it can be harder. Right? When you're getting, when you're getting like beat down, we have people come out to our games, all these young life guys come to our games, the, the moms are there, they're cheering us on, and we're like, mm, we're just getting like hammered on the court. It's hard. It's a little bit embarrassing. But you're doing poorly, like self-control can be hard. It's easy to get a bad attitude or start playing a little too, too aggressively. You know, some of us know this when you're going through a hard time, a, a hard stretch, when you're going through like a depressed depression or you're stressed out about finances or even fighting a lot with your spouse, or you're feeling alone, you're failing a class. Sometimes your control of yourself seems to slip. We become more vulnerable in those times, more irritable, more likely to make some bad decisions. And self-control, when we, when we talk about it in terms of our, our context that we're fighting different, different areas of our life, self-control is often hardest and we're the ones causing the problem, right? And we're usually the ones causing the problem. And this is sort of a check for most of us as things go on in the world that we cannot always control. But a lot of times it is about us. Frustrated, losing self-control because I'm not playing well. Right? Or making bad decisions, that's, that's on me. Mistiming, right? Sometimes we, we eat, you ate, eat too much at a certain thing. I shouldn't have done that. I lost self-control. Or you overslept. You said the wrong thing. You rust, rust into a decision. Right? These are on us. And there are circumstances that play into the way we live, but we cannot always control our circumstances, but we can always control our response. We can always control our response. And self-control is a way to dive into the spirit to get above, sort of transcend what's happening around me so I don't react in an earthly or fleshly way. Self-control can make or break relationships. Right? We know this, including your marriage. Including your marriage. It's often one of the things we find, we dig in, what's going on? Well, it's, it's things that are said and done that lack self-control. I was in bed the other day, I'm reading a book. It's, it's evening, Amy hadn't been in bed yet, but I'm reading a book, I'm, I'm minding my own business, in my bed, reading a book. My wife comes into the room and she says, you look like Phyllis. I beg your pardon? And she just starts laughing. Phyllis is my grandma. Like, the kid's great-grandma, so you look like Phyllis. And I'm like, I'm like, my grandma Phyllis? She starts laughing uncontrollably. I'm like, what is happening here? I didn't do anything to you. You're saying I look like my grandma? But the things we say, we know we shouldn't. Sometimes we laugh a long time, or last a long time. Now I look in the mirror, I'm like, do I look like grandma Phyllis? This is weird. Well, you know this when you're in a relationship and you have something that's kind of loaded up. That's fine. We're, we're going we're to work that out at a couples meeting on Friday. But you know, you have something loaded up and you kind of know you shouldn't say it, but it feels kind of good to say it. And you just, you have a shot and you're like, I shouldn't fire this, but I'm going to fire it off. Right? Self-control keeps that in the chamber. Right? It keeps the cannonball in the cannon because you know when you're angry, this, this, is, this is spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, this is friendships, this is family. Because I got something loaded up that's very hurtful. 
That's going to that's gonna take them down. It's like, it's, it's getting close. It's ready to go. Right? And self-control shuts that down. It shuts that down. These things we say that we know we shouldn't. And the problem is when it gets out, we lose self-control. We get, it gets out. It happens very quickly. It can last a long time. Those words can last a long time. Self-control in Proverbs uh, talks about it this way. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And if you can picture some of these, these old days, the walls represented the strength and protection of a city. Right? That's how, how, where the people dwelled. And this would deter enemies from attacking when there's a city that's strong and it's got good walls. It's safe. People can relax. And enemies, ah, it's, those walls are looking pretty tough. People go somewhere else. And when those walls break down, they leave us exposed. Right? And lack of self-control, especially when we're going through some challenges, you can kind of feel your walls breaking down a little bit. Right? And they invite in all kinds of problems. It invites in all kinds of problems. And you can think through your life, yeah, I kind of struggle with this. It's everything. It's emotional, physical, spiritual, relational, financial. When you start to lack self-control in certain areas, it just kind of opens you up to problems. It opens you up to challenges. Timothy says this, this is uh, Paul's letter to, to Timothy, young church leader. He said, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And this would have been a, a, a young guy who's been entrusted with the church, maybe struggled with a little bit of timidity, not thinking he's good enough. Paul's writing, listen, son, listen. God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so self-control over fear. Self-control over that fear. We say, I want to, I want to change, I want to do this differently, I want to be stronger, ah, but I can't, I'm afraid. There's a self-control element over fear. Like what you think you can do, we all have ideas of where we want to go, where we want to be, who we want to be. Right? What can I do? What can I do? And if you can think it, if you can see it, you can do it. Why? Because through Christ, I can do what things? All things. Right? And so self-control causes us actually to get away from ourselves sometimes. Like, all right, it's not just about me. I've got to control these doubts I'm spiraling with. I've got to get this under control. Right? It's self-control when we think I'm not good enough. I don't look good enough. I don't act good enough. I'm not smart enough. There's a self-control that, that resists that. So now what? God loves me. That's my identity. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. That's, that's who I am. For a lot, a lot of us, we want to be better, right? We want to be better. We want to be more present. We want to be more giving, more patient, more kind, more loving, right? More, more generous. And self-control will lead us into being able to push into those areas better. It's not just, oh, what can I do? Like, oh, self-control, I'm not eating that, right? A lot of times we think of self-control. I'm not eating those cookies. I'm having self-control, which is good, right? Some of us probably shouldn't eat the cookies. But some of you can. Self-control up to you on the cookies. But self-control over food is a big one for a lot of people. Also media consumption. Yeah, I'm watching too much. I'm binging too much. The stuff I'm consuming through my, through my eyes is not healthy. And so, but self-control is not just what you can't do. It's not just, oh, I can't do this. What are, all the, what are all the things I can't do? It's not just what you can't do, but it enables you to do what you should do. It enables you to do what you should do, what, what deep down inside I believe you want to do, how you want to live. Right? Rarely do we, we have like a bad day and we just we say the wrong things or you eat the wrong things. You just, you just give in to everything. Rarely do, does anyone ever say, oh, I had no self-control and it was awesome. Right? You don't feel good after it. It feels good in the moment doesn't feel good later on. And sometimes that's your body, 
right? Sometimes that's a relationship. Sometimes that's your bank account. But there's consequences to those moments, even though it feels so good. Hebrews writer uh, brings it up this way. It's pretty cool. No, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And I just appreciate this verse. Can we appreciate that, how honest it is? No discipline seems pleasant at the time. They're like, I get it. It's hard. Some of this stuff is hard. Self-discipline, self-control can be hard. But it leads to, this is key, this little, this little phrase here, it leads to the later on. Yes, now, can be hard, can actually be painful. But the later on, the later on is what we're looking to. The later on produces harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Peace and, righteousness and peace. And our flesh, right, our, our inner selves, our broken selves, it wants to tell you all about the right now. It's all about the right now. It's about what's happening right now in this moment, how I feel right now. That's the sort of the, the broken fight of our lives. It's instant gratification. I want this right now. If it makes me feel good in this moment, I want to do that. But self-discipline, self-control, we talk about a fruit of the Spirit, is thinking about the later on. It's the later on. But the flesh is always in the temporary. Your flesh is always in the temporary. What time is it? What do I have to do next? When, when are we going to eat lunch? It's always, in, it's always in the temporary, the flesh. But the self-control recognizes something bigger. It recognizes an eternal. It recognizes a later on. It recognizes I'm sowing into this life and it's, it's bigger than just me. And some of us have discipline down uh, better than others. It's, it's, a, it's a disposition. Some people are just very disciplined. Maybe it's upbringing or you know, the military dad. It's a personality. Right? Some people just have that. Right? You always are working out. You're, you're eating right. You work hard. You study hard. All the good things. It's great. Right? Those are great things. Some, some, for some of us, that comes very easy. comes natural. But you can be very accomplished at all the disciplines and still be kind of a jerk. Still be a junkie person. And if you've mastered self-control, like, oh, I got this, I've mastered self-control, great, check in on the other eight fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> and if you're a little more loose with your life, I believe self-control in so many ways is the key that unlocks the fruit. Self-control is the key that unlocks the fruit. Right? It's this gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And as we get that self-control dialed in, it helps us to be more loving in the moment, more kind, more patient, more gentle. We're going to have the worship team come up as we kind of move into a uh, time of communion. And I was listening to uh, this, or read this quick story on uh, the TikTok kind of band that's been going on or being teased out. Maybe you probably saw this. And, and TikTok is, is, is moving toward this limitation on their app that if you're under 18, it li will limit you to 60 minutes a day. Right? So if you're under 18, TikTok only an hour a day. Right now, you could probably get around that. I'm not, whatever. But. But TikTok, right? Like, we're having to look to TikTok to help us with self-control. TikTok's help trying to help with self-control. There's a little bit of something that's gone wrong there, if that's, that's where we're at. <laughs> but why is it doing? Why are they doing that? Why? Because we're not great with it. Particularly uh, young people, but a lot of us, even as adults, we haven't learned some of this stuff. And we need that help. We need these parameters. Say, hey, listen. I wish I could just say, hey, don't go on your phone for more than an hour a day, and you can do it. But a lot of us need a little more help. We need a little more structure. We need limitations. And so much of that should come in our community. Right? This, is, this, is, this is, yeah, we're leaning into Jesus. Absolutely, on your own, in your prayers. 
But it's also, hey, I've leaned into Jesus, but here's what I'm, here's what I'm dealing with. I need some help with this. I need someone to help check in on me with this, these, these things. I need some limitations on my life. I need some encouragement in my life to be going in the right direction. Right? And that could, be, that could be your phone. Right? It could be toxicity in your phone. It could be social media. Right? It could be your finances. It could be your health. Where you're spending time. Where you're treating your wife. Where you're treating your friends, your, your brother, your sister. This is where we invite one another into a community, community aspect of this. Faith, it's so often we talk about in the text as they, as they give these directives to people. He's writing to all these churches. He's writing to communities. It's a community collectively. You should look like this and help one another to look like this. Right? We have faith in Jesus, but in the church we have faith in Jesus together. Together. We're built together. And faith, when we think about it in the terms of the, in the Spirit, the faith is, is, is the one who makes all things possible. It's faith in the one that makes all things possible. And you look at any of this stuff like, oh, I can't do it, it's impossible for me, I'm never going to get there. No, our faith is, is in one who makes things possible. He's in the business of fixing the impossible, achieving the impossible in your life. And we receive it, we're going to come to come to communion in a few moments, we receive it because we know we need it, we need that pause. And so as the band kind of plays a little bit, we're going to have a table out. I'll probably maybe roll it a little bit forward. Maybe Jason. Jason, will you Natalie help with that? And uh, the way we do it here, the communion is kind of different every time we do it. We generally do first Sunday, but we're going to have them come and get to receive, pick up the elements for you and your family. And we'll sit with them, and then we'll take that all together uh, in just a few moments. But God, we thank you for you are uh, just your, gosh, your love of us. Uh, that way you would extend yourself to us. Lord, this moment as we reflect, I pray you would speak, Lord. I pray you would speak your words, Lord, over our, over our lives and our hearts. In your name, amen.